You're listening to Men of Abundance, episode 132, with Warren Peterson. And today we're talking about being a significant man. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. What is going on, men of abundance? I am happy to be here, but I have to tell you, today I'm in a little bit of a funk. Well, I started out that way. You know, as soon as I start sitting down and editing these episodes, and what I do when I edit the episode is I basically go through the entire conversation with my featured guest, and I go through and I clean up any of the background noise. Every once in a while, my guest and I will have some sort of a side conversation, so I'll take that out. But usually I leave all of the conversation in there. And really, I listen to the entire conversation so that I'm reminded of what we talked about. Because most of these conversations were recorded months prior to the actual posting date. So I'll sit down here and I'll listen to the conversation, get reminded of what we talked about. That way I can do this pre-show and then add my closing remarks at the end. You know as Wally's take if you've been listening for a while. So anyway, I share all that with you because I want you to know that, look, man, <laughs> we all have those days. I'm certainly having one today. But as I was listening to the show, as I was listening to Warren and I's conversation, I get pumped up. That's part of the reason why I love having these conversations is even when on the day that I'm going to have the interview, I'm not always feeling extremely pumped up. And after the conversation, I am. And then I get a comeback and I get a listen to the show again, especially on days like today when I'm in kind of a funk. I get pumped up again. It motivates me to have this conversation with you and share with you the conversation that I had with our feature guest. So it's it's really a win-win-win. And then I listen to the final product uh, once it's posted to iTunes. One, because I want that one extra download, <laughs> to be quite honest with you, but also because I just like to listen to the finished product. I have listened to the finished product one time, a couple times, when I did all of this pre-show and got everything set up and it was getting late and I forgot something and I left part of a conversation in or it didn't come out right and I'll go back and change it sometimes. But you know what, lately, I've been leaving it just like it is. I feel that most people like the raw and the authenticity of it. So I just leave it like it is. And that's pretty much what I do. So I started out not feeling great. I'm feeling pumped up right now. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad you're here. And if you're brand new listening to Men of Abundance, welcome. I'm glad that you're here. I want you to know that today is an interview-based show. We have a show Tuesday and Thursday that is interview-based. It's a conversation with me and another abundant leader within the community and on Friday is our pay it forward Aloha Friday where I have a good one coming up for you this Friday. So if somebody referred you to Men of Abundance, make sure you go thank them for introducing you to this community and pay it forward by sharing the Men of Abundance podcast and the Men of Abundance website, menofabundance.com with everybody that you come in contact with because just like you, they want to hear these conversations. Also, if you're down for it, I would really love for you to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. I've made it so easy for you to do. At menofabundance.com, 
under podcast, right under the podcast player, there's several buttons there where you can leave a review on iTunes, on Android. You can subscribe on Android, subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on Stitcher, whatever it is that you want to do, whatever platform you're using, and then go to that platform and leave a rating and review. It is extremely important for the show. Because that's how more people are finding Men of Abundance by searching on iTunes and searching on social media or Google because many of you are sharing the website out there as well and I greatly appreciate that. All right, let me tell you a little something something about our feature guest today. After the painful loss of his home, business, income, life savings, and even his own identity as a man, Warren Peterson determined to use his experience and calling to help others. He founded Significant Man, an organization focused on leading men towards becoming the heroes, warriors, and leaders they were created to be. He loves teaching and mentoring men, seeing the changes in their lives, and the positive results in their families. Warren is a husband, father, son, brother, uncle, nephew, friend, author, entrepreneur, and mentor who is passionate about serving others. He enjoys traveling, has family all over the world, is happily married, and has four children with his amazing wife. He gives all the credit for his incredible work ethic to his father and his grandfathers. Men of Abundance, it is my distinct honor to introduce you to Mr. Warren Peterson. Warren, welcome to Men of Abundance, brother. How are you doing? I am awesome. Really, really honored to be here. Appreciate the opportunity. Man, my pleasure. You and I have been hanging out quite a bit together. <laughs> We're in a couple of similar groups. I seem to see you commenting here and there, and then I joined one of your groups and really dig what you got going on. And then finally, we was like, why the hell haven't we talked on the show yet? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it's it's a good time right now. There's there's a lot of opportunities for men all over the place, and I'm I'm just honored to be part of it in my little bit that I can help with. Me too. It's really, really getting exciting. Where are you at in the world? I live in Colorado. Moved out here about five years ago with my wife and kids. We, we used to live in Illinois. We got bored and tired of Illinois and thought, you know what, where would we like to live? And we decided we want to live in the mountains. So we moved out to Colorado and love it out here. Man, Warren, I'm telling you right now, I really dig that you just said that. Where would we like to live? And then you just made a decision and, and made that happen. We're going to get into how yep. that happened here in just a minute, I'm sure. Sure. Um, but before we get too much into the show, I really like to start out with an attitude of gratitude. What do you have to be grateful for today? You know, I really love that you do start with that because gratitude is a really, really big deal to me. I almost wrote a book just about gratitude, but I decided to stay focused on the men's stuff. It's it's that big of a deal to me, you know. So, so I'm grateful that I woke up today. You know, I'm grateful that I had an, an opportunity to be alive today. And I, I don't mean that flippantly. You know, we'll get into that as we go through our conversation because there were plenty of days where I didn't want to you know so literally every day is is a blessing to me i am i am grateful that i can see i am grateful that i can walk as i said i could go off on a rant on gratitude for a long time i'm just happy that i woke up and that i can talk to you today yeah you know i i get what you're saying because for men like us even it just still seems kind of weird that you know we're talking about this conversation and having this conversation about starting our day with gratitude and I don't know about you, but I write down what I'm grateful for, and I don't even keep some of it. If Even if I forgot for whatever reason, I write it on a slip of paper, something about pen to paper, but I write it down. First thing in the morning when my eyes open up, I'm thinking, somebody pops into my mind, and I'm thinking of them, and I'm giving thanks for who they are in my life, and then maybe throw out a prayer for them or something like that. 
But yes. the fact of the matter is, ever since I've been starting out my day with an attitude of gratitude, I, I'm just feeling lifted up right now just talking about it. I Seriously, it has changed so much in my life, and it makes my day so much better. It does. Yeah, I'm, I'm completely with you on, on this one. You know, I have I, I talk with some of the guys I work with about something that I refer to as the gratitude walk. So, you know, if a guy's in a bad mood and he's in, and he doesn't know what to do, I tell him, go take a walk. And when you're out there, all I want you to do is be saying to yourself, thinking about the things that you're grateful for. You, you're stopping your brain. You're stopping yourself from any other thoughts. All you're doing is saying things that you're grateful for. And sometimes I'll have the guys come back to me and they'll say, you know what? I'm in such a crappy mood. I can't think of anything that I'm grateful for. And I tell them, all right, here's literally what you do. You go out for a walk and you start by saying, I'm grateful that I have legs. I'm grateful that I have feet. I'm grateful that I can breathe. I'm grateful that I can see the sky. Even if it's cloudy, I have eyes. I can see it. You know, I'm grateful that I can hear. You start with all those basic things that you do have. If you can't walk and you have a wheelchair, you say, I'm grateful that somebody invented the wheelchair, right? There's always something. As long as we're above ground, there's always something, no matter what's going on in our lives. And by the time you're done with that walk, you will feel night and day difference. That's just your brain releasing the chemicals, your endorphins firing off. It works every single time. You know, and that's a very good point. It's funny that we're having this conversation because just yesterday, my wife's going through a sociology uh, course. That's her major in college. And Mm -hmm. she asked me the question, what's the difference between or what's my definition, the difference between happiness and being content? And we had a little really good conversation about that. But I don't want to point out, I don't want to paint the picture that we're always in this state of nirvana and and happy all the time and just joyful and running around like some hippie or something like that you know it's just not there that's not it the the thing is is we're going to have things in our life and things throughout our day that's going to frustrate us piss us off and we're not always going to be in that state of happiness but you don't have to stay there you know and 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 nobody wants to be around somebody who's pissed off all the time and just grumpy and angry all the time but we can't be you know this joyful we can't be barney running around you know singing and dancing all the time either yeah you're exactly right yeah you know crappy stuff happens to those of us who work in the is an industry of helping people just like everyone else you know i have i have problems with the car that might tick me off you know i it's it's just regular everyday life but as you said it's it you then realize you have a choice whether or not you're going to remain there mentally or not and that's really where the big difference comes into play that's the that's the skill that takes time to develop but but that's the difference the bad stuff happens to everybody like nobody lives in that perfect world like you said there is no nirvana you know, none, none, none of it's like that. The, the crappy bad stuff happens to all of us, but we have to choose how do we get out of that as quickly as possible. Exactly. Even out here in paradise, things go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing. You know, before we got started here, I talked a little bit about what you got going on. But here at Men of Abundance, we really like to get to know the man behind the abundance. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. Let's get a little bit personal. Sure. Yeah, well, well, professionally, you know, I'm a, I'm a mentor and an author. You know, I work with men and I write books primarily for men. I do have ladies that read them, but they're written to men, for men, about stuff that men are dealing with. I've been entrepreneurial pretty much my entire life. You know, I was, I was the kid who was out shoveling driveways when I was nine years old, mowing lawns when I was nine or ten, and kind of got hooked on that. So I've 
always been entrepreneurial. Even when I, I had a quote-unquote real job and when I was an employee somewhere, in my mind, in my heart, I'm still entrepreneurial trying to figure out the things that I could do. Yeah, so I've been involved in a lot of businesses over the years, big, bigger and smaller. And you know, right now I'm in my sweet spot. I'm in my zone where, where I get to work with men on a regular basis, where I get to mentor them and where I get to write. And I really, really love that. On the, on the personal side, I'm married. I've been married 25 years. I have four kids. I've got three daughters and one son. Uh, oldest, oldest is my is a daughter. She's in her 20s, and the youngest is uh, the youngest. Actually, are twins. One of my son, my one of my daughters, and my son. They're both nine. So from in the 20s to nine, and as I mentioned a few minutes ago, you know, we used to live in Illinois, and we we made the choice to to ditch Illinois and, and move out to some place where we'd love, would love it every single day or as much as that's possible <laughs> and, and chose to move out to the mountains of Colorado. So what is it about you that you think that really kind of makes you entrepreneurial and do what you're doing today and, and reaching out and helping men? Um, a lot of my own story, you know, my own, my own life experiences, things that I've gone through, um, we'll, we'll get into them here as we're chatting, but you know, I, I've done business coaching in the past, and I and I found that when I would speak with men, and then when I would speak with women, the the conversations with men would become much more impactful because there's no way in the world of today to truly separate the personal from the professional. We can't truly separate out our business from our personal lives, even as much as men like to compartmentalize. We can't really do that. So, when I was talking with men about their business inevitably we would get to some of the private personal conversation stuff and need to take care of the things that are going on at home in order for that to have a good positive impact at work i can't have that same level of conversation with women um it just doesn't come out natural you know if, if i'm talking with a man and for whatever particular reason the conversation shifts over to his marriage and his relationship and you know, maybe even maybe even his sexual relationship with his wife. I'm not going to have that exact same conversation with a woman. I'm just not. You know, whether whether it wants to go there or not, that's not my thing. I I don't do that. I won't have that. So, you know, it it just evolved over time from the business side. It ended up being personal conversations, mostly now over to the personal side. So that that was kind of how that evolution took place. No, I totally get that, Warren, because that and that's part of the reason why. I've decided to focus this show on men and work with men exclusively as well. There's other reasons, but that is definitely a strong reason for myself as well because I'm not a woman. And, yeah. you know, you read, you mentioned that women read some of your books. About 40% of the listeners of Men of Abundance are women. And mm -hmm. I listen to women's podcasts and I read women's books because I do what I can to try to understand them as well. I just find right. it easier to understand men because I'm a man. It just makes sense, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, we've got different language. You know, yeah. we've got different ways that we tend to look at the world. And, and the women who do read my stuff, they primarily read it, as you just said, in order, like you said, you listen to some ladies' podcasts in order to understand their perspective. It's the exact same thing for me. You know, I'll, I'll have women come back to me and say, now I understand my husband better. You know, mm -hmm. now, I, now I get some of the things that he can't quite articulate, and I don't need to pressure him to articulate them because I get that's not his thing. But, you know, I get what's going on. So, yeah, same, same thing. It's to provide a different perspective to a different audience. Yeah, excellent, excellent. In either case, you're 
uh, providing a service to the family and it's working out in the long run. Yep. So you yep. mentioned yep. a few things that, you know, kind of led up to what you're, what you're doing now. And I know just from experience and talking to at this point, hundreds of men for the show, probably thousands over the course of my life, anybody who is a forward mover doing something to progress in life, they have those kick in the gut moments, personally, professionally, whatever. But those kick in the yeah. gut moments that literally knock the wind out of you, take the air out of your cell, and sometimes even take you to your knees. I'd love for you to share one of those stories with us. Sure. Yeah. So, so for me, it it these this is all kind of part of the same big conversation. So I appreciate kind of breaking it up into little pieces like this. So I, I had uh, a, what I would, you know, my quote unquote, my big real business. I ran a company for just about 12 years, and, and it was in the world of information technology, computer network security, training, and education, that, that kind of stuff. Had an office based in the Chicago suburbs, had another off, a satellite office in London, and a satellite office in Singapore. And, you know, from the outside, everything looked great. You know, I, I was enjoying limo rides. I was enjoying, you know, plane trips over to Europe to give talks at conferences and things like that. Um, I had So I had, you know, nice big house, nice big um, uh, business. I had the cars, I was married, had my kids. You know, every, everything was, was great looking on the outside. And the, the kick in the gut kind of for me was when it all crashed. You know, every, everything crashed and burned um, in a pretty short, period of time, you know, in, in less than a year, probably closer to maybe half a year, maybe about seven months or so. I think it was about seven months. You know, in, in that in that window, I lost the business, which resulted in every penny of income for the family being gone because my wife actually worked there as well. It happened to be a skill set that she was good at. That's something I advise against now. Don't put you and your wife in the same payroll just in case. But so we had Every penny of income was gone. The business was gone. I had made other business mistakes, and and so every penny of savings ended up being wiped out. And then the main the main kick in that time frame was actually the fact that I lost my house because it was it was literally my my dream home. I had when I when I went to college many many moons ago I had gone for architecture so the the house was a big deal to me I designed everything um, my wife and I actually built it and I mean we like literally built it I ran all the wires in the house I did all the plumbing did all the heating did all the cooling um, somebody else did the drywall I don't particularly like that you know some of the exterior work work but so I literally built that house with my hands I could still tell you right now where every wire is behind every wall, you know, every, every fixture, every tile, all of it. And, you know, you could probably tell with the amount that I'm re that I'm recounting here, I'm still not over it. You know, that that was my house and I poured everything into that and then that was gone. And that was that was the big that was the big kick to realize I, I've got I've got nothing left now. <laughs> and that's you know, you can't get much kicked much harder than that. That is a huge kick, and I mean, I, just thinking of you with that house, and that was your baby. I mean, that was one of your children. Yes. That's yep. how I can feel that. I can definitely, definitely feel that because we, you know, I, I've built a house from top to bottom. I didn't build it. I designed it. Somebody else built it. But for you to literally have your hands on it is simply, first off, that's amazing in itself. I want to commend you for that. There's very few people <laughs> that can do that. In fact, my wife's professor, who she's with now, he did that. He's in his 60s now, but he built his house 
from scratch. He was explaining the whole thing. I'm super impressed with that. But to lose that like that is really a gut-wrenching gut-wrenching feeling and a kick in the gut for sure. How did you guys recover from that? What happened after that? Um, it took time. You know, it, it took time because after that we had to move into a little rental house. And, you know, the rental house was fine. You know, by by every standard for the world that we live in, it was a perfectly fine house. Nothing, nothing wrong with it. You know, it wasn't like we moved into a little shanty somewhere, and you know, try to keep perspective on that. But to it, the the transition was serious <laughs> to go for, to go from to go from one for another. So it it did definitely take some time. You know, and and like I said on the house part, I don't honestly know if I if I'm if I'm actually over it yet. It 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 still bugs me. It still, it still bothers me. You know, I wrote, I wrote messages to my kids behind the cabinets that I was thinking, you know what, in 20 years, when we remodel the kitchen, I'm going to pull this cabinet off and they are going to be surprised mm. by what they see. <laughs> so yeah, I don't, I don't know on the house side if I, if I would even say that I've, that I've fully moved past it yet. And I don't know if I will until in the future I build, I build another house. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. No kidding. I mean, <laughs> I'm thinking about that because we remodeled. I remember as a kid remodeling one of my um, uncle's houses and in between that my uncle had actually built as well. In between the cinder blocks was a tin Budweiser can, uh-huh. a tin can. And, yeah. you know, I was, I think they were still around at that time anyway, but um, it was pretty interesting. And my uncle said, oh yeah, I remember putting that there several years prior so wow that is something else what ended up getting you guys from you know down to Colorado uh, moving to Colorado was so so during during this time you know where where everything had pretty much been lost and we're just working on what do we do now kind of thing um, that was part of the discussion it was really well you know what we're we're starting over we could go anywhere and so we we literally laid out the map and we said, well, we like the mountains. We've visited Colorado several times, always loved it out here in the mountains, but let's lay out the map. We, we want to be within about an hour and a half of an international airport because we have family that lives all over the world. We want to be, um, you know, where, where we can find a church that we like, where we can find a school that we like, but pretty much everything else is open. And so we laid out the map and and just started looking at different places all the way from you know Montana, Wyoming, Idaho, Utah, Colorado. Those are the primary states, right, that we're looking at when you're talking Rocky Mountains. And and we couldn't quite find the mix of the being an hour and a half to an airport, an international airport, and a church and a and a school system that we liked in Wyoming or Montana. So those entire states got xed off right away, despite how beautiful they are. So, you know, states got kicked off, then we then we were left with Idaho and, and Utah and Colorado and just we ended up choosing here in Colorado. So we live we live in Colorado Springs, just south of Denver here in in the state and love it. Very cool. I like that you guys set out your priorities. Anytime my wife and I are relocating and for twenty five years it really wasn't entirely our choice, although we had a little bit of say in, you know, where we were going because I was active duty military and we moved every three to four years. Uh, but um, anytime we are relocating, we always look at the area that we're going to. And the first thing we look at and the first thing we consider is schools. Because even now, like you, I have a 22-year-old and I have a 
seven-year-old, soon-to-be eight-year-old, mm-hmm. and I have a soon-to-be 18-year-old who we don't have to worry about school anymore. He'll go off and do his thing. Um, but we always did, that was our first choice, was our first decision. Where are the good school districts and or the better school districts? Because not every place yeah. has great school districts. And then right. just kind of go from there. But I dig that you guys really, you know, planned out and made a decision that we can really go wherever we want to go as long as we're meeting those basic needs. We can. And, you know, people, uh, when I hear guys give me their list of excuses and reasons why they can't do stuff, it, it really annoys me because we live in a country where we are truly blessed just to be in the fact that we were born here. Right? We had nothing to do with that. We just happened to be born here. And and that's awesome. We have We have opportunities that most of human history could never even dream of. And too many guys give us reasons and excuses why they can't do something. You know, we when we laid out the map and decided we were going to move here, we I had no business connections here. There was no job lined up. There was no um, there was no family here. There were no friends here. We literally were starting over. We packed everything into into uh, you know a truck we rented from Home Depot, drove across the country, and started over. And Anybody can do that. You, you know, we, we're not trees, as the old phrase goes. We're able to move, and and it, it annoys me that too many people don't. You know, they complain about where they live. They complain about their environment. I'm like, dude, move. <laughs> Warren, you, you hit seriously. I mean, you're really striking a nerve here because I get the same exact way. You know, this country was founded on that premise. This country was founded on the fact that we just our, our ancestors did not like the situation they were in, so they went across the pond and yeah. it took a huge journey and a huge risk and even then within the country as, as air conditioners started coming about people moved from the east to the west and people start relocating and even today i have friends like you i have friends all over the world i have friends who said you know what i want to try something new what i want to try isn't here i'm going to move to the philippines i have friends and in, in, live in japan that are that are american I have friends from those countries as well that live there, but um, I have you know friends from the United States that that live in uh, goodness um, Middle East for goodness sake even um, yeah. Bosnia all over the place just because they said I want to try something new I want to travel I want to do this thing and they go and live wherever they want to go and we have that ability to do that you just have to do a little bit of research in some cases uh, depending if you're going to leave the country but. All over the United States, there's so much to do. It drives me nuts when I see some of these locations that are so poverty-stricken and there's no jobs there. It, but we, but this is home. We love this place. Got it. My home is Phoenix, Arizona. That's where I was born and raised. I'm not living there anymore for a reason because I've I've been to 23 countries on five continents. I love living in where I want to live. I live on the beach in Hawaii. That's my choice. I'm paying for it. But, yeah. you know, that's you have that option to do that. And when people are living in, in areas where Hurricane Alley, their house is taken out every other year or something like that, I'm like, why do people rebuild there and they complain about it? Now, if you love it, that's great. But if you complain about it, stop complaining, relocate. Yeah, people in general and just don't like change. You know, and it's so much easier to whine and to complain and to come up with excuses and come up with reasons than it is to actually change, than it is to actually do something different. It's much easier to sit around and say, 
you know, I don't like my hometown. My hometown sucks. My home state sucks. But, you know, it's safe. It's secure. By safe, I mean familiar safe, not necessarily safe in, you know, in the physical sense. But I don't want to I don't want to go through the effort. I don't want to change. It's it's not all that different on that level than, you know, when I'm talking to guys and we're talking about fitness stuff. You know, I used to be way overweight. I was obese. I, I don't consider myself in shape yet, but I'm on the way. And, you know, when I when I'm talking with guys about it, it's interesting. The number of guys will give me reasons and excuses and things like that on, on the getting in shape thing as well. I'm like, dude, it's not hard. Everybody in the world knows because, you know, I've, I've lost a fair amount of weight and people say, how did you do it? I'm like, the exact same way every other person in human history did. You know, I either exercised more or ate less or a combination. That's the end of the weight loss book. You know, mm-hmm. everybody knows, but they still don't do it. They they would rather stay where they are, whether whether we're talking about physically moving to a place that might make you happier or, or physically getting in better shape. Most people would still rather stay in the situation where they are, in the environment where they are, and it, it's unfortunate. I wish that wasn't the case, but that is the case. Yeah, absolutely correct, and I want to make a quick point about, you know, getting in shape. I'm using air quotes, and, sure. you know, being in shape doesn't mean you have to be that guy standing on the, you know, sitting on the front of a magazine. Few people get there, and to get there and to maintain that is a whole heck of a lot of work. Uh, and it's not very. It's quite frankly, it's it's a not a pleasant place to be if that's not your zone. You know, uh, just taking care of yourself, eating right, moving. That's what you need to do. Uh, so I respect you. I definitely respect you for that and for saying that and pointing that out. But you're absolutely right. It's just like anything. Uh, you know, I did a. I do these uh, five minute Aloha Fridays, or I call them Pay It Forward Fridays. And I did this episode uh, about quitting and I talk about that specific thing it really kind of so it kind of resonates with me and actually <laughs> this will air later you know later on down the road but that episode aired today uh, which yeah. was, it was kind of a breakthrough for me because I was listening to another podcast um, one that I listened to quite a bit Order of Man with Ryan uh-huh. Mickler yep. and I know you know who that is and, yes, I do. Um, and his episode yesterday or two days ago really was a breakthrough for me because of the guy he was talking to and what they were talking about. So that's kind of where I came up with that conversation. But seriously, man, I mean, I just, I dig it. So at this point, Warren, I would really like, you know, I'd like to hear some good news stories about what it is that you're doing and some of the guys that you're working with. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, you know, I, I, I have a book and it's written, as we mentioned earlier, specifically for the men, but I really love hearing the stories of the the guys who who read that and that you know telling me how it's life-changing and they're it's it's 60 chapters which sounds like a lot but each chapter is tiny because the theory out there is that men don't like to read a lot at the time which is funny because i read a ton but you know in, in general so we have all these short little tiny tiny chapters and you know i've had i've had guys tell me how it has impacted their faith the guys who have told me how they're impacted impacted their marriage just lots of generic general stories like that but what i really really like is when um one of their wives happens to send me a message you know i had i had one just two days ago where a wife sent a message to me and she's like something's different in my husband and i found out it was your book i'm like that's cool like that's <laughs> that's the stuff that i really really like with that cuz it's a book you know you never know what people are going to actually take out of a book. I have my intentions of what it's going to be, 
but people take what they want out of books, which is perfectly fine. But you don't know as as an author. So I I really like when I get feedback like that, where the you know the guys will tell me this had a, a great impact on my faith, or a, a woman will tell me this this had a, a impact on her husband and her marriage is better from it. On the on the personal side, um, some of the guys that I've mentored have been similar to me, where they've said you know I got everything from the outside. The world thinks that I have it all. I'm one of those guys. Now, most most of the guys that I work with, and thankfully this is true in our world, most of them don't have the same level of, of crash that, that I personally had. You know, so a lot of these guys, they still have their house and their cars and all that stuff, but they're kind of lost. They're trying to figure out where to go. And I've had four or five, not a huge amount, but four, four or five guys tell me that working with me one-on-one has helped them from committing suicide. Mm. And... There's really nothing beyond that. You know, I, I could have I could have a thousand people give me a five star rating on a book. It doesn't even come close to one man telling me that. I just so I don't even I don't really have the right words to even describe how, how much that means to me. But every time I have that conversation and and, and every time I, I share this with people, I point out that it's it's that guy who gets the credit. You know, I, I'm I did my part, you know, I had the conversations with him, whatever. Ultimately, that's the guy who deserved the praise because he's he's the one who acted on what he learned. You know, he's he's the one who who made the change in his life. He's the one who chose to do that. So it's it's extremely humbling, and I'm I'm extremely grateful to to know about those men and the decisions they made. But I try to make it very very clear that they are the ones who who should have the spotlight on that. That was that was them, and and I don't know. Of, of anything like I said there's there's nothing there's nothing that I can say or experience that I, I would even guess for the rest of my life that can top knowing that I had that level of impact on a guy but he's he's the guy who gets the credit for that well yeah thanks for sharing that that is a huge huge impact uh, without a doubt and I completely agree with what you're saying and the book you're referencing and I'm, is becoming a significant man is that correct Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Excellent. That's right. Absolutely excellent. Yeah, I dig it. I haven't gotten that one personally. Um, I've got so many on my list. I'm like you. I'm a reader. I'm more <laughs> of a listener than a reader just because of my lifestyle. But, um, man, once I get into a, a great book like that, I just devour it because I, I just love learning more about becoming much more of, an, of a significant man. So how did that come about? How did the uh, whole book idea come about, and where did that come from? How long did it take you to write it? Sure, sure. So it, in terms of, of writing, it was pretty easy to write. I've, I've written a lot. That was technically my 13th book, but the other 12 books were all with my my IT company. So even though it's my 13th book, I like to tell everyone it's the first one that I really care about. <laughs> because writing about computer and network security, as important as that might be for the world, really is not a passion subject for me. But so the the book came about in that I I found that as I was talking with men and working with men, I was repeating these same conversations over and over and over. And figure, you know what, if these conversations are happening with with all these guys, there's probably a lot more who want to just read, you know, don't even want to necessarily have a one-on-one conversation or be involved in a group or anything like that. They just want to read on their own. They just want to think about it on their own. And so I started I started writing. And at first it was just going to be um, kind of like some blog posts because they're all relatively short. As I mentioned, there are 60 chapters in there, but none of them are really more than a couple pages. So they're relatively short, but they started to 
come together in this cohesive package. And so I, I know a guy who, who owns a publishing company, and I was talking with him about it. He told me about their submission process. I found out that knowing the guy who owns it didn't get me any goodwill. <laughs> I had to mm-hmm. go through the regular submission process and get approved by their board and everything else. But it was uh, it was a, probably a total of maybe about nine months to actually – go from writing it until when I was done with all the editing and it was completely finished. It took a lot longer than that to actually come out in bookstores. It was it was maybe another, gosh, it was well over a year to year and a half from the time when I first started writing until the book was actually available in bookstores just for the publishing cycle and learning all of that side. You know, so that took a lot longer than I was aware of. Um, so the writing side was, you know, just over half a year, but it was about a year and a half from the beginning until when it actually was available in bookstores. Wow. Wow. That's interesting. Thanks for sharing that. So Warren, sure. at this point, we are going to pay it forward to our abundant leaders. Are you ready to do that? Absolutely. Sweet. Men of Abundance, one thing I want to point out that you may have noticed amongst all of the guests that I've had on the show so far is all of them have some sort of daily habits that they follow myself included. In fact, for the last five years, one of my daily habits that I have not missed is drinking a dense nutrition shake every single morning after my workout. I had never been a fan of any protein shakes or nutrition shakes or nutrition drinks or anything of that nature. I did get into smoothies at one time, but making smoothies, quite frankly, is very expensive and very messy in most cases. But about five years ago, my doctor told me that I had to do something about my cholesterol. Ironically enough, as it happens, divine intervention, call it what you want, I was introduced to this dense nutrition shake that completely turned my cholesterol around. On top of that, I had more energy, my esophageal reflux went away, my chronic joint pain wasn't nearly as bad, and I shed some weight, all within the first 28 days. I can talk all day long about what just 30 days of this dense nutrition shake will do for you. But until you try this stuff out yourself, you're going to continue to be as skeptical as I was. The cool thing is, is you can try Shakeology with absolutely no risk whatsoever. There's a bottom of the bag, 100% 30-day money-back guarantee. That means you can consume the entire 30-day bag. And if you don't see or feel the difference in your body, or you otherwise just are not completely satisfied, you can send the empty bag back and get all of your money back, no questions asked. And there are multiple different flavors you can try. Now my favorite flavor is the greenberry and the strawberry. My wife loves the vanilla and we both like the cafe latte. There's also chocolate and there's also a vegan chocolate and a vegan tropical strawberry. And there are even sample packs so you can try the various flavors. So to learn more about the benefits of Shakeology, go to menofabundance.com forward slash resources or just go to menofabundance.com click on the resources tab scroll down to the health and nutrition part and you're going to see the Shakeology tab click on that take a look and if you have any questions whatsoever get a hold of me I'll be happy to help all right let's get back to the show so share with our abundant leaders one to three actionable steps that they can take today yeah so the the very first one that I would say is you've got to take and by you, I'm including myself. This is for all of us. We've, we've got to take complete ownership of our reality, of the situation that we're in. You know, we have to be willing to accept that it was our choices that put us where we are and own that. You know, too, too many people are very happy to come up with, like we were talking about before, excuses, reasons, all that kind of stuff. But we are where we are because of our own 
choices. So number one, we've got to accept that reality. Number two, then we've got to create a specific plan to change whatever it is about our reality we want to change. If it's something like you and I were speaking about and you want to move to another state, okay, make a plan and do that. But create a very specific plan for the things you want to change because if you don't do that, nothing is going to change. You know, Next year will be the same as this year. The year after that will be the same as next year. Without that specific plan, nothing's, nothing's going to change. And then the third one is execute that plan. Some, some guys will get as far as to make a plan and they'll say, okay, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, but they don't actually do it. So execute on that plan and, and then when it doesn't go right because it won't, none of us can plan perfectly, you adjust your plan and you keep going. So we, we own where we are, we accept that reality that, that we chose to be where we are, then we create our plan for changing whatever we want to change, then we execute our plan and make those changes happen. Excellent. Absolutely love that. What daily habits make up the biggest impact in your life? Uh, well, it starts with what we started our conversation with, and that's that's the gratitude. You know, being being grateful for the the life that we live. That that beginning the day with gratitude thing. I'm completely on board with you on that one. That really does make a giant impact. No matter how low you you get in your life, if you're if you learn to have that attitude of gratitude, as we talked about, that really that really will make the biggest thing. And then, you know, tied to what I just mentioned a minute ago, the other thing that has made the biggest impact for me in my life is just accepting ownership of, of my reality, you know, accepting the fact that my business didn't crash because of some external force on it. I screwed up. You know, I lost my house because of my choices. When I was really overweight, that was me doing that to me. So that's that's the other one, being, being grateful and then accepting ownership of, of your reality, me accepting ownership of my reality, those two things have made the biggest impact for me. Excellent. So what are you reading or listening to right now that you would recommend to our abundant leaders and why? Um, I'm rereading a book that I've read several times, and it's a book that I recommend to everybody, and that's Viktor Frankl's book, Man's Search for Meaning. Um, uh, the, the first time that I read that, it was truly a, a life-altering book for me, not, not only because of the stuff that I learned about his experience in World War II and his experience in the concentration camps, but getting it from his perspective. You know, there were little details that, that I didn't know, you know, him talking about the fact that, that when people were brought there, they were literally shaved. They weren't even allowed the identity to have hair. You know, the small little minutia like that that are just so powerful and stick with you forever. But beyond beyond learning about his experience and getting that perspective of the horror of what actually happened is his life philosophy and what came out of that experience. His, his philosophy, and I basically summarize it very simply, is we can never control what happens to us, but we can control how we respond and react. He's kind of the guy that really started to make that famous, even though so many people talk about that right now. He, he, his philosophy work that he did, and it, ha- having it all articulated in that book, that's one that I reread on a pretty regular basis, and I recommend that to everybody. Man, Warren, I have heard of that book, and it's been recommended before i don't think it's been recommended on this show but i've heard it recommended quite a bit so there's another book going on my list <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot oh yeah i've got a lot. so many man but i will have that linked up in the show notes at men of abundance just search warren in the search bar and the episode the show notes will pop right up 
So, Warren, what do you feel with all the guys that you're working with and everybody you've talked to so far, rather working with personally, professionally, what do you feel holds most people back from living a life of, of abundance? Um, I think the primary thing is probably the stories that they tell themselves. Yeah. You know, the, the things that we say to ourselves. That's Despite the fact that we'll always, in the back of our mind, we'll always be hearing our mom's voice or our dad's voice or maybe, you know, some some coworker that we had or a boss or you know, some other authority figure in our life in the past, you know, we might hear those voices all the time, but the one voice that we that we hear all the time is our own and the stories that we tell ourselves, that usually is what's holding us back. We we come up with the reasons why we can't do something. We come up with the reasons why our relationship isn't going to be as good as we want it to be. We come up with the reasons why we'll never have the income we want to have and we believe ourselves. So the, the stories that we that we say, those are the things that hold most of us back. Excellent, excellent point. 100% agree with that. So that being said, what does living a life of abundance mean to you? Yeah, I love that question. That's such a such an interesting question because I was I was thinking thinking about that just in the context of knowing we're going to have our conversation and, and knowing your great show here and and thinking about it and um my, my perspective I don't know if it's necessarily unique but to me it's not about any of the stuff so traditionally if we if we're talking abundance usually it's the stuff we have an abundance of I'm, I mean almost definitionally that's what it means for many. Um, so for me, though, it's not about the stuff, and it might just be because of my own story, having lost all of my stuff. But um, I, I take it more as the the impact that we're making, the people that we're influencing, you know, how how our family's doing, the kind of connection we have with other people. I view it as that way. So to me, living a living a life of abundance that would be a man who it, it's the way that he actually lives. So um, like a man who's left the world better than it was when he was born, that is a man who lives a life of abundance to me. Agreed. I absolutely agree with that. All right, so we're going to close this up, Warren. And before we do, what have we not talked about that you'd like to ensure that our abundant leaders get from our conversation? Hmm. Um, be intentional. You know, in, in everything that you do be be intentional you know i i work with the guys about being a better husband and father and leader and be intentional in those three things you know when you have a conversation with your wife intentionally be aware that you're being a husband right now how can you get better same thing as a dad you know intentionally be a father intentionally interact with your kids knowing that they're paying attention to everything you're doing same thing with your leadership in your community your family your career wherever that happens to be just realize who you actually are don't go floating down the river be in control intentionally live your life absolutely love it so how can we get a hold of your book and anything else that you are working on Sure. Yeah, the the book is at Barnes and Noble. If you want to go to bookstores, it's at Amazon. If you want to order it and have it shipped your way, um, you can learn more about me at significantman.com or connect with me on Facebook. I'm pretty easy to find all over on Facebook. You can just search Warren Peterson or Significant Man on Facebook, and you'll find me there as well. Absolutely wonderful. I'll have all of that linked up in the show notes. I have a hard time going to Barnes and Noble and the bookstores because my wife and I go in there. <laughs> we can spend hours. And a I lot hear of you. 
<laughs> I hear you. No, I know that well. <laughs> yeah. Warren, I've really been looking forward to this conversation, and it just went exactly as I planned, as I thought it would. And, um, man, I'm glad I finally got a chance to talk with you. We'll keep checking out what you got going on, and um, I'll see you on the interwebs. Yeah, thanks. I really was appreciating the opportunity here and, and look forward to hearing the feedback. All right, guys, there you have it once again. Another amazing conversation. That was episode 132. If you're going to go look for Warren Peterson and find those links that we talked about, that's at menofabundance.com slash 132. Now, some of you guys who have been following me have heard me say this before, and that is there's a big difference between being successful and being significant. And being successful to me is just taking care of yourself, being successful in your own right, keeping in mind nobody gets to any level of success by themselves. So never forget that. But that's being successful for yourself, right? Like your job, your vocation, your business, and all of that should be giving to somebody else, which in turn makes it significant. When you shift that and you take it to the next level above success, you're taking it to a level of significance where you're impacting other people's lives more directly. All right. And bringing all of this together is being a man of abundance, realizing there is so much in this world. Number one, first and foremost, don't be in a scarcity mindset to where you're thinking you have to take somebody else down to get more of what you want. You don't have to do that. In fact, you can have even more by helping other people get what they want by being significant in your actions every single day and being a man of abundance. You're going to be a much better man for yourself, your family, your community, and it's going to perpetuate and build on that. That's what I'm super excited about. And paying it forward is part of this whole plan. All right, now go out and live your life of abundance. And guys, make sure to pay it forward. That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance.